0: From Bumble Australia and Shameless Media, this is love, etc.
1: Sure, love is overwhelmingly romantic, but what about platonic love, the kind you reap from the tribe you surround yourself with? Welcome to Love Etc., where your hosts, Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald.
0: Hello, you're listening to Love Etc, a podcast by Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move. Today, we want to talk about the friendships that bind us and define us, that surround us with more love
1: than perhaps a romantic relationship ever could. So we went to the Beehive and asked you, what do you get from your girlfriends that you can't get from a significant other? How are your girlfriends the loves of your life? My girlfriends to me are like, like, I'm close with my girlfriends and I am my family. Um, I have crushes on like, all my girlfriends. Um, <laughs> I just think, like, they're just so cool. Like, everyone's really different. There's, like, a really smart one. There's a really sporty one. There's one who's going through the Australian team for something. And there's another one who does literally nothing. And they're just all so different and they're all so funny. But, like, for some reason we all get along. I like how different they all are. It's actually funny because I'm from Canberra and I'm living here at college and I just went home for my break and I just realized like how much they mean to me and like how, how like having friends that you've known for so long like they know you inside out it's just such a simple relationship now like there's just no questions we're just all like basically like we'll be friends forever and ever which is amazing constant emotional support listening to all
0: my drama bullshit like the crap that comes out of my mouth and supporting me through it no matter what this sounds bad you don't have to be as guarded around them like you still like even though you're comfortable with your significant other like you're still putting on a bit of a front whereas with like my girlfriends are just chatting shit endlessly
1: (laughs) (laughs) you get different things from everybody so like expecting everything from one person is about unhealthy so um yeah i feel like everyone brings different things to like a relationship but yeah, girlfriends are the best. <laughs> having rants that aren't solution-based,
0: so just like having a rant without looking for advice. <laughs> no matter what, they'll be there for me. We can have a fight, we can you know, not talk to each other for months, but
1: at the end of the day if I need to call them, you know, they're going to answer, they're going to listen and help me work through anything.
0: I just know that they'll always be there for me.
1: Just also having those same experiences that you can bond over. Yeah, having someone who can relate to things that only another woman can understand. Um,
0: and also, I feel like I can just be the loosest version of myself around my friends. <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> I have to say, Zara, those responses that we just got then were some of the best responses we received all season to any question.
1: They also were the ones that were the easiest for people to answer. Like for many people, they kind of rolled off the tongue and people didn't struggle when we asked that question. Whereas with others, I think there was a kind of a, a moment where you have to take stock and think about it. Absolutely.
0: You tell me, what do you get from friendships that you can't get from boys
1: that you might date? The one thing that I can think of is that my relationships with my girlfriends feel and to be honest, to extend a few of my boyfriends too, in terms of like my platonic male friendships is that there's something completely unconditional about them. I think that's the most overwhelming sense that I have. When I imagine my life in 50 years, I imagine those people standing beside me and I can't feel that confident about a romantic relationship, but I can feel that confident about my friendships. Why do you think that is? I think it's because I have known a lot of these people for the greater part of my life and I think if we have worked through some of those really tumultuous times and also those times where we have changed almost completely as Mm -hmm. people then what's to say that anything will get in the way in the next 50 years? Also
0: from a practicality standpoint you don't probably live with your friends and therefore changes that do happen or differences in opinions or little quirks don't mean anywhere near as much because you're not living with them and
1: experiencing it day on day. Well, you can have that sense of distance there if you yeah. want it. To so there's a longevity there that's not there with romantic relationships. What about you? I have to say I'm really glad that I never had a boyfriend in high school
0: because mm. I think I saw this so much even with my own friends and other people that I socialized with that it was so common when you were young and you were a teenager and you fell in love for the first time that that person would become your entire world and your significant other would become your universe and you would forget your relationships with other people relationships along the way and I saw so many girls just completely forget about their friends so I'm kind of glad that I didn't have a boyfriend until after high school because I think I already had seen the fallout of what can happen when you prioritize your significant other ahead of anything else and how that will damage you in the long run when that relationship might
1: Falter. it's one of the hardest balances to strike yeah I started dating someone when I was at school and I really valued that relationship it was a really great relationship and I tried desperately to keep up my relationships with my friends during that time it's really hard I think there's this common idea that you shouldn't push your friends away when you start to fall in love because what happens if you break up, right? Mm. But I think it's almost more important to keep them close as you're falling in love, not for the post-breakup, but so they're there during your relationship. Like, I don't think it's a security thing. I think it's a consistency thing. You need them there to check yourself. I think you need them there to... To ensure your relationship is healthy. Yes. I think you need them there to make sure you're not putting unnecessary strain on one person to get everything you need. I don't think it's so much of a case of if you break up and you have no one to distract you, it's that you need all of these things at the same time.
0: Agree. Oh, Give me an idea of who your tribe is. Who would you consider the closest circle around you?
1: Um, So I probably got about five core girlfriends who I'd say like form a wall around me. I would say there's like two or three boys as well on top of that, who would form that wall. I would then say my tribe would also be like my sister and my mom and my family, Um, which sounds funny, but I think they give a dimension that is also completely unconditional, but that's more contractual (laughs) by choice. Unless they want to divorce you. (laughs) But I would also say they are an element of that too. And outside of that, truly, I don't think that I need much more. Yeah. Like if everybody else fell away I don't know. I think I think I'd be more than fine. What are you? Who are yours? Uh, I've got
0: three really close girlfriends from high school who are some of my best friends, and then my cousin Carolyn is a constant in my life. My two sisters, my brother, and of course, family beyond that. But I think I am so blessed. Out of everything I was given in life, so beyond blessed to have three siblings, particularly two sisters. Yeah. My my brother and I have an unspoken bond, but it's probably not as overt as my connection with my sisters in that my sisters are like best best friends to me they're almost like soulmates and I feel like I'm so blessed to have those people so I have a pretty small group as well I mean we do have the bigger group where Mitch's friends and the boyfriends the girlfriends and everything is bigger and we've gone on holidays together and I love those people as well but in terms of who I go to in a crisis it's a pretty small circle and I'm, I'm very protective of that circle as well in that I don't I don't want to let too much else into that because it does feel like I've had those
1: people around me for so long. Well, it's like about being fulfilled, right? And having your cup filled. And I feel like there are only a certain amount of people that can do that. I remember when I first went through a breakup when I was maybe 19 or 20. And I i think I've mentioned before in the podcast that like I was quite closed at that time. I didn't open up. And when, when I went through that breakup, I feel like all of my walls came down and I threw myself into my friends and they carried me through that. And I think one of the most common mistakes we make, and I've definitely fallen into the trap of doing this, is making the assumption that a partner, that a romantic partner needs to tick every box. And I think it's because when we are in dating culture, we often talk about boxes being ticked. Like what values do they have that align with your own? And they can't possibly tick every single box. You need different people in your life for different reasons. And I've never felt that more than now. Like there are, there are things my friends and my family give me that I don't think I'll ever be able to find in a partner. I agree with that. My friends don't tick every box for me either exactly. individually. but
0: And that's another point on top of the ones I've just made. I don't want people to listen to this and think that I've got perfect friendships and a perfect circle around me because it's so far from that. I absolutely adore the people in my life. But I feel like particularly since leaving high school, every relationship that I hold dearest to my heart has gone through so much friction and tension as so many relationships do when you're at the end of your teenager years and then in your early twenties, I feel like you change so much and your friendships go through so much. I feel like some of my friendships have been quite battered and bruised, but to be able to survive the things that they have survived and go through different life stages that we've all gone through together has made them stronger.
1: Well, I I agree with you. I think there is a a sense here that we're talking about these perfect relationships that aren't ever perfect, but I think they're amazing and fulfilling because they have been battered and bruised over yeah. time. And I think that's what makes them really beautiful. I Esther Perel talks really beautifully on how the decline of religion and like real life community, like we kind of lack real life community these days. People aren't going to their local RSLs or whatever it might be. People aren't congregating in the same way that they used to and because of that we've put so much pressure on our romantic relationships to the point where I think we're shooting ourselves in the foot and I think we need to have conscious conversations about diversifying that love to our friends and to our family but I guess in this case particularly the tribe that we surround ourselves with.
0: Totally agree. And for those wondering, Esther Perel is a relationship psychologist and a podcaster. We really highly recommend you go and check out her podcast as well. But it is, it is almost a spirituality thing, isn't it? Because my relationships and my friendships are not perfect, but the people that are closest to me are those who have gone through the most with me. They're the ones who were there when my dad left my mom or my mom was diagnosed with thyroid cancer or my grandparents died. I feel like those life events being, them being there for me and then me returning the favor when things go through them. I know that Ayesha, my friend, will be listening to this and her dad had a really significant health scare lately And the group chat that we have between the four of us in that time was so spiritual and so connected. And that's what I value in my friendships that I probably could never get from a significant other. It's that bond and that sisterhood almost. Do
1: you think there's enough stuff in the world, whether it be in the pop culture sphere or on TV, film, that speaks about friendship fulfilling you? But I don't
0: know, probably not. I mean, it's ridiculous. But I only had a conversation with my friends last night where we were talking about the fact that we one day want to get a friendship photo shoot because everyone gets cute engagement photo shoots and couple photo shoots. And my friends and I were like, fuck, we want to go get a really candid, beautiful photo shoot together to immortalize this bond that we have between the four of us. Yeah, we're not perfect. Yeah, we have fights. Yeah, we go through a lot of drama and stuff together. But at the end of the day, we've weathered a huge number of storms over the last decade and we're still here.
1: Well, it's funny to me that the most defining relationship of your life is apparently the romantic one. And don't get me wrong, like that is an incredibly defining relationship. But like my friends are equally as defining in my life and have like shaped me in a certain way too. And it's just interesting that there doesn't seem to be as much space For having conversations about friendship in that way. Conversations that we have about friendship in pop culture seems to be a little more frivolous, like a bit sex in the city style. Yeah, but in reality, there's so much
0: love there. There's so much love there. And it comes back to that age old principle that you're some of the five people you spend the most time with. I'm a big believer in that. I think that's super important. You have definitely snuck into that five most spent Ah, time with people.
1: (laughs) Such a little weasel, isn't she? (laughs) But right back at you, it is interesting. And I just wonder if we need to have more conversations about it. Well, we'll start with this one and continue.
0: Season (laughs) two coming your way all about friendship apparently
1: no we just made that up coming up on the show why our friendships as adults don't always look how we think they should but first it's time for a bumble break Hey guys, it's just Zara jumping in here for today's Bumble Break to talk all things Bumble BFF, which is fitting, of course, given today's episode is all about platonic love. As you guys know, I first downloaded Bumble a few months ago and know it can be kind of an overwhelming thing trying to set up a BFF profile, particularly if you are in a relationship and don't want to accidentally set up a date one. But trust me, it is so easy. All you have to do, of course, is first things first, download the Bumble app where you'll have access to the three modes. You've got Bumble Date, you've got Bumble BFF, and you've got Bumble Biz. Once you've registered an account, you'll be taken to the home screen where you can choose one of the three modes. So in this case, just register to BFF. You can absolutely register to just one of the modes. From there, upload at least maybe four photos to show you doing the things you love. In that series of photos, Bumble recommend including a few snaps of yourself and your face so people can really get to know who you are. And the best part about this is you can also link your Spotify accounts and your Instagram accounts to your profile so that future prospective friends can get a sense of who you are. After that, just get swiping, chatting, and making new friends. Download Bumble today and make the first move. One app, three modes, one mission. Oh,
0: oh, 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 oh. We're on a now and we can't slow down. Okay, Zara, something that bugs us a lot as young women in 2019 is that friendships are so glamorized on Instagram. According to my own feed, everyone apparently has a large group of friends that they adore and do everything with and just live these lives of total utter perfection at Bottomless Brunch. Is that the case for you? Do you feel impending pressure from your Instagram feed?
1: Completely. And I think it's it's interesting coming off the back of the conversation that we just had because when we talk about how much we love our friendships, there's then a sense that, oh my God, are their friendships perfect? And I know we quickly touched on it, but there is a sense that are they walking around in like groups of girls who are super close to each other all the time? Absolutely not. It's taken me a long time to wrap my head around sort of the more fragmented nature of my relationships and my friendships in that I always had this sense that maybe I was doing friendship wrong for a very long time. That that sex in the city idea, again, that your group of girlfriends will all be best friends with each other kind of gave me this misguided sense that I should have this wall of people around me that is unbreakable and that they are all best friends with each other and we all just get along like a house on fire all the time.
0: Yeah, it's just not the reality. There are so many moving parts, particularly within a friendship group. I know that I have gone through times, probably not in the last 12 months so much, but before that where I went through patches of feeling really lonely. Despite the fact of having a really good group of girlfriends, I just felt like maybe friends within the friendship group were closer with each other than they were with me or I was a little bit on the outer. And it is a problem that so many people don't talk about that the exterior can look great. You can have a really cute photo together. We're all laughing and drinking an Aperol spritz. But the reality is, is that you feel like you're either being pushed out or you feel like you're not connecting with people or maybe people are talking about you behind your back. Like I've definitely gone through that in my early 20s.
1: Completely. And I think when we talk about friendships fulfilling you, They can fulfill you in the same way that they can make you feel lonely. Mm. It reminds me of the few times I've been single, I think, and you look at your group of friends and you think, okay, who's my number one in this room and who am I anyone's number one in this Yeah, who's their number one? Yeah, and then you get to a Saturday night and you ask around about who's going out or what people are doing and you realize that everybody's made plans because you're not anybody's number one. That is the most sickening
0: feeling. And you're
1: like, okay, well, I have friends and they all love and care for me deeply. But in this scenario, I don't have a rock. Like I don't have someone right now who I am a rock as equally as much as they are a rock for me. Who is
0: as invested in me as I am in them. And I think that's why before when I am so grateful for Evelyn and Claire in that they have to be my rock. like by genetics, they are my rock. So for those who don't have sisters, it, I do feel like occasionally like they're missing out, but also I feel that with my cousin. So maybe you can get that in other spheres. I think of myself, it's always been a big insecurity that I don't remember what I was like very much at high school. I think I went through so much mentally through those years of high school that I don't even remember who I was or what I was like, but all I know is that I don't have a huge circle of girlfriends that came out of my all girls high school. And that's such a source of I guess insecurity. I I don't know why that's the case, and if that's the case for other girls who went to my high school, maybe some of them are listening to this right now. But I do worry that is it a reflection of me that I couldn't carry a lot of those relationships on into adulthood? They ended when high school ended.
1: No, I feel quite similar about that. I mean, my some of my best girlfriends I went to school with, but our relationships kind of didn't really form in the way that they've formed now. Until we had finished school completely. And a lot of friendships have dropped off. And I think there is this huge sense of failure or shame around relationships that fail. Whether that's platonic or, or romantic. I've definitely felt like a failure when my romantic relationships have fallen apart. But also with my platonic ones, my friendships. I don't understand why I couldn't keep that going. It's almost like, um, was I too lazy to keep it going? Did we just grow apart? Is it a terrible indictment on me if I if I couldn't keep this shit together? Yeah, and I've had some Bad
0: friendship breakup. So there was one when I was nineteen where I just felt like uh, the my best friend at the time her values didn't align with my own, and I ended that relationship. And we've barely ever spoken since. And it's it's tricky when you're changing so much as people throughout this really turbulent time. Your friendships and the people around you can change a lot as well. And I do have regret. I think I have a lot of regret with how different friendships panned out or played out across the years. I mean, I think you and I have this in common. A lot of my friendships and the people I'm closest to who are fragmented in that I'm close with that person and it's not like we exist in a group together. We go out one-on-one. I know at my friendship with you, we have a couple of friends that we've worked with in the past. We will go out for dinner every now and then, but obviously we work together every single day, yeah. the vast majority of the time it's you and I hanging out one-on-one.
1: Exactly. And I think that's a part of friendship that people don't talk about or acknowledge in that the majority of the strongest friendships that I have are the ones where I sit down with them over dinner for like two, three hours. And it's that one-on-one friendship, that one-on-one conversation. And it's not Instagrammable at all. And I know that sounds like an incredibly fluffy and frivolous thing to say, but it brings us back to that point where it looks like everybody's always hanging out in girl groups all the time. Time, when in reality, the most fulfilling parts of my friendships come when they're not being photographed at all. I think we do have this very rigid definition about friendships. And for so long, I found conversations about friendships isolating because I never saw my own reflected in, in them. I didn't see that fragmented idea of friendship reflected anywhere in that maybe my five, six best girlfriends aren't actually friends with each other. It's interesting, isn't it? This might be an abstract
0: point to make. I'm not sure if you'll agree with it, but I like having one-on-one friendships that don't involve a larger group because it can also mean that I show and play out different sides of my personality. Yeah. I know with some of my friends, even with you, Zara, I, I will speak to a certain part of myself that comes out around you that might not around another friend. For example, our conversations are often very intellectually stimulating. I mean, I find them that way anyway. I'm not <laughs> sure if you agree. No. But with other friends, I don't I don't talk to that side of myself or that side of my brain at all I I speak to an entirely different side of myself whether that might be a really uh, young part of myself or spiritual side of myself or whatever all the different sides that comes out amongst different people and I appreciate that because it can also mean that I play different roles to some of my friends I'm the gardener and they're the flower and I'm watering them and it's kind of that caretaker role. And in other friendships, people water me and boost me up and I leave feeling like I needed that pep talk, I needed that psychologist session, I guess. And I think it's good to have those different roles amongst different friendships. I
1: think that's completely true. I 100% think we assume different roles in our lives based on the people around us. It reminds me, um, I was having this conversation with someone last night about the relationship, this is going to sound weird, that I share with my sister's boyfriend And because he's been around since I was very young and very annoying and I always assumed this sort of like yappy little sister – role around him I wonder if that will ever fade even though he's been around for 10 years (laughs) I do have a weird relationship with my sister's boyfriends as well it is a funny role that you assume and it's the same in your friendships too I do share a relationship with you that I don't share with other people I talk to you about things that I don't talk to other people about it and vice versa and I think that's exactly the way it should be because in the same way we keep coming back to this idea that one romantic partner can't fulfill you one friend can't fulfill you in every single way possible I agree I think listeners will want to know this what do
0: you think are some of the misconceptions I mean we live out our friendship a lot on social media because by virtue of what we do for jobs yeah what do you think people don't see about our friendship or what's a misconception about our friendship that's around
1: interesting I mean there's the natural one because I'm incredibly sarcastic that I don't like you <laughs> <laughs> lots of people think you don't like me. which is couldn't be further from the uh. truth I don't know I mean truthfully I don't know if there'd be too many misconceptions out there because I don't know this would work if there were mm. what do you think I think people don't understand
0: perhaps that we do have a really good friendship outside of work. Yeah. I think maybe people think that we are work friends, that's how we met, but maybe how much we're also there for each other when shit hits the fan Oh, like, how much we know about each other.
1: Yeah, it's but that, it's completely intense. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> very intense. No, but it is And in, intense in a great way. I think when you spend that much time with someone, you're right, there is sort of like two facets of our friendship, which I think we've done very well to separate mm. somehow. I'm not sure how. I think it was almost unspoken mm. in that sometimes I'll pick up the phone to you and I'll just come home from a really harrowing <laughs> Conversation. We're both thinking about the same so Yeah. <laughs> a really harrowing conversation, and I'll pick up the phone to you, and I'll start with, oh my God, I've just had the worst night ever. All yeah. of this shit has just gone down. And then we'll finish that conversation, and then we'll start talking about work. And I think that's maybe a misconception in that we often almost start with the personal and then get to the work later. That's the priority. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it is a unique
0: relationship, and it, it does really annoy me when people say that maybe you don't like me or your sarcasm (laughs) means that because I know it's the complete opposite. Well, they need a
1: sarcastic friend in their life. That's what they need. And then they will understand because I am most sarcastic and most dry with the people that I like the most. Really? Totally. (laughs) Totally.
0: (laughs) It's funny because, I mean, I'm absolutely prefacing this by saying we are not Hamish and Andy, but I remember when uh, I heard about Hamish Blake getting married to Zoe Foster Blake and how he didn't have Andy as his best man. I remember being like, oh, well, they mustn't be very close. or there must be something weird in their friendship where they're just work friends. And then I was thinking about this the other day. I've never even spoken to you about this This before, Zara, that if I was choosing my bridesmaids I don't think you'd be one. And it's not a reflection of me loving you any less.
1: Absolutely not. It's just a different kind of relationship.
0: Yeah. It's like I considered myself just as close with you as with anyone. But when it came to me picking my bridesmaids, I don't think you'd be there. And it's interesting that from the Exterior, I'm sure some listeners to this podcast and to Shameless yeah. hear that and go, What? Why isn't Zara a bridesmaid? Something's going this on. This is controversial. Yeah. No, but in the
1: same way, you probably wouldn't be in mine. No. But I don't think I, but there's no. How awkward would that have been if you were like, um- Wait, you were shortlisted. <laughs> um, but I, it wouldn't dent anything. I, for me, it wouldn't be offensive. It's just, no. there, I think maybe because there's an unspoken understanding about what the relationship is. And it's maybe unlike any other relationship that I have. Mm-hmm. So there's no insecurity there about it. Well, we're bound by a business contract. So well, that we- too. There's <laughs> a lot of money involved in this relationship.
0: <laughs> so it can't fail. And by a lot of money, you just mean money in general? Money. any money to us is a
1: lot of money. <laughs> money that's keeping us afloat is what I mean.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but that's the, that's the thing. That I think our friendship is a different kind of friendship in that there is no... Concern that it's going to end because we're kind of strapped to each other for dear life now, True. and a yeah. bit more
1: conditional though rather than <laughs> unconditional. Speaking of contracts, I did want to finish though with a conversation about making new friends as an adult because I think maybe you're the most recent friend that's entered the fold. It's the same for
0: me, yeah. And we met
1: each other a little over
0: three years ago, and we weren't friends straight away. It wasn't like we met each other and were soulmates. Love at first sight. Love at first sight. No, we took a little bit to warm up to each other. but I agree I think you're the first person to really enter that circle that I have and I I do wonder if that's gonna if I'm gonna struggle with that because we are a two-person company and you're my only other work friend now I wonder if down the track I will miss that workplace environment where you can make friends quite seamlessly and quite quickly and have those workplace relationships around you
1: Workplace relationships are quite incredible. I think there's something beautiful that comes from delirium, like friendships that are born out of delirium and spending, mutual hatred, <laughs> and spending inc- like insane amounts of just stretches of time together do amazing things for bonds. So I agree with you. Then I think maybe we'll miss them, but maybe we'll also get different kinds of relationships out of this job that we never were able to get before. I think it's hard to make new friends mm. as an adult. I think. I also think it's important that we try because I think the more we change as people, the more important it is for us to have friends in our lives that kind of reflect those interests and endorse those interests and encourage those interests in the same way that I think it's incredibly important to hold on to the people that that might be very different to you mm. that you've been friends with forever that still serve you that keep you grounded and give you that perspective.
0: Well the difficulty in making new friends is probably why the work wife has become such a memeable viral moment. Very and then, good point. Everyone loves their work wives and rightly so you were my work wife for quite a long time when we worked together at another company and it's true I think we do struggle to form connections so as soon as you find that at work another person who handles situations and deals with things in the same way that you do it's like oh my god I left school I was floating in an abyss of nothing and now I found someone who's like-minded like me and And,
1: it's such a relief and it's socially acceptable yeah as in a socially acceptable way to make friends as an adult whereas in so many other facets of our life it's kind of that like dodging around the point like are we friends are we not how do I ask you out for drinks dinner it's very different to dating whereas when you spend all this time with someone at work it's much easier to form those bonds and it's far more socially acceptable to do so I
0: agree and I do really sympathize with people who have potentially moved into state or moved overseas and find themselves wanting to make new friends but not knowing how to do it I think that's quite a daunting prospect but I think at the same time if anything let this episode prove to you that we all feel the same way we all feel that awkwardness and if you kind of just
1: make the first step the overwhelming likelihood is that someone will want to be your friend. Exactly. And I think the other thing to take out of this is that we're all probably doing our friendships right. They just don't have to look like each other. Um, Hopefully they fulfill us. being a sarcastic bitch. Exactly. Oh, (laughs) trust me, that's not changing. (laughs) But I think there is this sense that we're doing them wrong and that you'd need a whole bunch of people around you. You really genuinely don't. You need a a few key people that will fill your cup And they can look however you want them to look. And they can pour into that cup whatever they
0: damn well please. It'll still be a lovely punch. Hopefully vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I
1: think that's all for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Zara, friend. Thank you, Michelle, friend. (laughs) Love Etc. is a production from Shameless Media. Sign up to Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move towards friendship, professional and romantic relationships. Friendship. See you guys next week for our last episode and it's a very special one.
0: Ha <laughs>